Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. As much as I love coming on trips like this, the... uh um, I, whenever, whenever I come, whenever I go away somewhere, I always try and take company with me. I am hopeless on my own. And uh, last time I was here, I had the great privilege of bringing my nine-year-old daughter and we, we sampled the city of Sydney and, and uh, the zoo and the Maritime Museum and down there at Circular Quay and Luna Park. And it was just such a, such a great time. And, and uh, when Miles said, hey, would you go to Hills again? I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, are oh, you going to take someone? I said, oh, look, Miles, I always like to take someone. I just can't do life alone. I've, I've got to be around someone. And uh, this time I thought I'd ask my son to come with me down here, down the front. My 23-year-old son, who's uh, uh, now married and uh, uh, obviously he's here, so he said yes, thank goodness for that. But uh, little did I know that since finding out that, that we kind of had this arrangement going on, that behind our backs, our family have been laughing at us. They didn't tell us about this until recently, like, like, like yesterday, but, but they, they, we've kind of known we're coming down here for just over a month now and they've kind of had this little family secret, this family little uh, family little giggle moment and um and I think it's all, I think I think it's based around the thought of hey well, what's so funny about us being together and they're kind of like well the, of the of all our family including all our in-law son-in-law and daughter-in-law and that kind of stuff they're like you two are the worst in the family to make decisions <laughs> like like we just we need our wives, we need our daughters, we need just to make decisions for us because we we just refuse to make a decision. Case in point, we drove around for two and a half hours yesterday looking for breakfast. Where are we gonna go? I don't know where do you wanna go? Where do you where do you want? I'm gonna where do you where do you where do you, where do you? We, we're like it turned into brunch because we just draw we drive around Parramatta and it's just like we just we just we just don't wanna make a decision. And uh, uh, although we were we were pretty solid on the fact that we had to go to Eljana while we're in Sydney. And so uh, so we 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 were we were pretty uh, resolute on that. And so the thought of us two, the most undecisive people in our, in our family wandering around the big smoke was such a funny thought to our family. And uh, uh, tr- true, uh, true to form, the first test came within minutes of us being in the terminal in Brisbane. And we began to, uh, uh, to check ourselves in because we're big boys. Well, we thought we were. And uh, we, went to check, we went to check in and, and the check-in computer asked this question, says, do you have any bags you want to check in? Now, we both travelled with like carry-on luggage, but the thought of checking in was like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What do you want to do, Noah? <laughs> Pretty simple question. Do you want to check luggage in? But to, for the two most undecisive people in the world, we almost missed our flight because we were sitting. The, the... Seeing that we were obviously struggling and perhaps we looked a little puzzled or perplexed, confused, very helpful staff of Virgin came over and basically repeated the question. Now, lads, what do you want to do? Do you want to check this in or do you want to carry it on? Again, the conundrum is our bags are small enough to carry on. However, our ticket price included check on baggage. <laughs> so you, I'm thinking Lindsay's going to be after me to make sure I get my money's worth here. And so I'm like, it's just, there was a decision to make. Carry on or check it in. If we carried on, we kind of have to walk around the airport for the next hour and a half with it. And, you know, when we buy that $27 piece of banana bread and coffee, it's got to be there next to me. And, uh, you know, we're wheeling it around. It's got a lug. Oh, it's just, 
but hang on, but if we check it in, we don't have to worry about it, you know. The, the, I mean, when you carry on, who, you've got to fight for cabin space. That overhead luggage space, like, that has got to be, that is hideous. And, and, and you know, you don't want to be the person who's sitting in row three, but your luggage is back in row 27. Yeah. Like, anyone, anyone been like that? Like, that's just, that's just the worst. And so that's going through my mind. But then I'm like, checking it in seems good, but what if there's something I need? Like, what if I need my glasses? Or what if I, I just, I, I'm just not quite sure. Am I prepared to be uh, separated from my luggage for this long? Like, like, if I get to Sydney, I'm here for three days. Like, I don't know if I want to wear the same underwear for three days. And I'm just not quite sure what I want to do. And, and, and the virgin lady looked at us and said, well, gentlemen, what is it going to be? Are you going to check your baggage in or are you going to carry it with you? It got like she could get, she was getting angry. <laughs> What's it going to be? So let me pose the same question to you. You can picture me in a virgin outfit if you want. But let me pose the same question to you that was posed to me in the middle of the airport as I was undecided whether or not to carry on or check in my baggage. As 2024 begins, we're in week three. Ladies and gentlemen, what is it going to be? Are you going to check your baggage in? Or are you going to carry it with you? Now, for those who haven't picked it up, not talking about your physical baggage. <laughs> but as 2024 started, it's coming around and the reality is that perhaps some of us in this room are faced with this as a question. Sadly, some of us have already made the decision that we would prefer to carry on through life and more to the point through 2024, carrying baggage when there really is an option if you choose to check that baggage in. And you may have, you may have, you may have started small, and so we compensate for it and all of a sudden something else happens and then something else and then something else and then something else. Then all of a sudden the journey of life just becomes unenjoyable because of the baggage that we have picked up in life. And it has nothing to do with the itinerary or the destination. It's just the baggage we are carrying on that trip. Six common areas that happen to us that can cause baggage for our lives. Number one is this, disappointment. The baggage of disappointment. There are some of us in this room carrying around the baggage of disappointment. And that is, uh, I thought that it was going to happen this way, but it hasn't yet. And in fact, now it's not happening. It's not even happening at all. You know, the whole COVID kind of scenario was, a lot, was, was that for a lot of us. And then Proverbs 12, 13 verse 12 comes and says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And for some of us in this room, if anything were to happen to us today, then we know where we're going to spend eternity. So we, 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 are know, we know where our eternity is. And maybe in this room you don't have that assurance. But let me tell you, at the end of this service, in about 22 minutes time, you're going to have that opportunity. And my prayer is that you respond to that. But for some of us in this room, it's not a question of where am I going to spend eternity? That's not the question. But for a lot of us today, we are walking around with our hearts that are sick, probably due to some sort of disappointment. We had a dream and we had a hope. And it hasn't arrived and so we're disappointed and quite frankly, our lives are miserable because of it. And so we carry this baggage of, un, of, uh, of, of disappointment. The second one is, is, is untreated pain. Or I, call, I call this the smile and wave syndrome. And he said, Madagascar, the penguins, just smile and wave, boys. We're, we're, we're stealing something, just smile and wave. You know, I had an incident where I, I, my whole family's in the car and 
on a, on a very odd occasion, me and my wife had a disagreement, very odd. Um, we were having a bit of a, it was a bit of a disagreement, a bit of a heated disagreement and it was, it was on for young and old and there was words going around that shouldn't be going around and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to, you know, I'm only joking, but it, it, was, it was quite heated, quite tense and, and you know, there was frowns and, you know, uh, uh, opinions were being said and, and kids were in the back are like, what's going on here? And their voice and their opinions and all that kind of stuff. And we get to, this, get to a set of lights and it goes orange and of course I stop at orange because it means slow down and so I stop and stop there and we're, you know, you could tell they're, 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 it's, it's tense. You could cut the atmosphere with a knife. And lo and behold, this car pulls up next to us and it's a family from the church. <laughs> and mate, they're like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> like they're smiling and they're, they're like, <laughs> mate, the joy of the Lord is their strength, obviously. And, and man, it's just like there's rainbows coming out of their car and brrr, brrr, it's like, it's, it's beautiful to see. And I look at my family and I went, right, kids, smile and wave. <laughs> In other words, we pretend life is, is great, pretend our car, our car trip has been a great family trip and we come to church and we attend a life group and on the outside everything's going well, life's great. But really on the inside we aren't. One of the most damaging things we teach ourselves is how to look good on the outside while being in turmoil on the inside. And we actually fool ourselves and we don't give it attention, we don't give it the attention that we should and our pain goes untreated. We have taught ourselves the art of smile and wave, never dealing with it properly. Unfortunately, some of the baggage we are carrying is because of an untreated pain. Second, or thirdly, we've got unhealthy view of self. Some of our baggage that we are carrying is an unhealthy view of who we are. In fact, if I'm really honest with you, this is probably one that I continually struggle with as I get up on platforms like this and say, so man, I, I can't do that. Like, have a go at me. Like, look at some things I've done and look at my life and look at all that kind of things and... But I'm so thankful that God has a different view of you and I. Yeah. If you're constantly living life with the only assessment of you being the assessment of yourself, then let me assure you, you will walk around with some sort of baggage. Romans 12 and verse 3, the message version says this, the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He, has, what he does for us. Not by what we are and what we do for Him. The real view of you is not what your teacher says, it's not what your friend says, it's not what your boss says, it's not even what you say about yourself. The real view of you, of you is who God sees in you. But instead we carry on this baggage of insecurity. Then there's the baggage of addiction. Gerald May says addiction is not limited to substances. We can be addicted to work, performance, responsibility, intimacy, being liked, helping others and an endless list of behaviours. If you've ever binge watched a series on Netflix or Stan or Kaya, whatever it is, or that's an addiction. Just being real. And if all of us were honest with ourselves in this place this morning, we would all humbly admit that there is something in our life that if it was not there, our life would be a whole lot better. I think Paul, when speaking of an experience in his life, could potentially be speaking to a lot of us when he writes in Romans 7, verse 21 to 24, he says, So I find it to be law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 24 says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
If you'll allow me to paraphrase what Paul is saying here, he's saying, hey, we want to do good, but we end up doing the very thing that we do not want to do because our inner being wants to please God, but the power to do so is out of our grasp. And so some scholars believe that in this scripture, Paul admits to several experiences that are characteristic of those struggling with addictions. Compulsiveness, powerlessness, control, helplessness, despair, depression, shame and failure. But what I love is that Paul sets an example for you and me in the midst of this struggle with these strongholds. And one of the things that addiction does, it tries to trap us into thinking that we are what our addiction is. Hi, I'm Brad. Hi, I'm addicted to my phone, Brad Whittington. Hi, I'm Brad, addicted to power, Whittington. Hi, I'm Brad, addicted to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Whittington. The lie that addiction wants you to believe is that you are what your addiction is. And the good news I want to share with you this morning is your identity is not what your addiction is. Your identity is, is as God sees you as. When God sees you, He doesn't even see you as you see yourself. He sees you as who you could become. Paul doesn't allow these struggles or strongholds to stop him in his tracks, but rather he reminds himself and us of the work that Jesus has done on the cross when he says in the very next verse, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. And then I love that Paul, then he doubles down in Romans 8 and he introduces us to the work of the Holy Spirit in affecting our freedom. When he says this in Romans 1 verse 8, it says, uh, 8 verse 1, there, there is therefore now... Scholars point out that when we see this combination, therefore now, to know, it's kind of like the, the author highlighting this next part. So, so when you see therefore now, it's like, hey, the, what I say next, it needs to be really, your voice needs to be raised. Like you need to put on a, and therefore now, you need to put on some kind of big theological voice because it's an, it's an important fact of what I'm going to say. It says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in, G, in Christ Jesus from this law of sin and death. And so if we stopped at Romans 7 verse 25, we would be in abject despair, feeling our capitulation to the flesh and sin meant we would face nothing but condemnation for our terrible failures. Instead, Paul tells us here in Romans 8 verse 1 that in reality, we are in Christ Jesus. Perhaps you walked into the room, uh, into, into this room today and your addiction is trying to convince you that you are what your addiction is. Maybe you walked in here feeling condemnation and, and you wanted to step out in faith, but in the back of your mind, the devil's going, I oh, know what you looked at last night. I oh, know what you spoke. Oh, you wanted to pray, but there's just something. And you couldn't engage with, 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 the, with the presence of God because the enemy was reminding you of that very thing that you did this week, last week, last month. I want to encourage you today, remind you today of the words of Paul. There is no condemnation for those who are found in Jesus Christ. In other words, God will, never say, God will never say to you, you're just a mess and there is nothing I can do with you. Through the Spirit, He will bring conviction to you and the conviction will say you are a mess, but He's a way through it. But He'll never turn His back on you. Then there's a the baggage of unrepentant sin and it wasn't that we didn't ask for, for forgiveness, it was that we didn't turn the, the opposite direction when we did that thing. Repentance is more than just sorry. Yes, it's sorry, but it's also, I'm sorry now, I'm going to turn and begin to walk in a different direction. And sometimes our baggage can be because we never left the room and did something that we decided to do in here. 
Like that. That, that, that's, sometimes that's our baggage. You know, you've, you've, you've made a, I'm going to pray for my city. A month later, you hadn't prayed one. He's, man. So it's this baggage of unrepentant sin. And these are just some examples of baggages. The team can join me up on stage. That'd be really good. These are just some uh, examples of baggage. Second Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 13 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The Bible is literally telling us here your problems are not natural problems. They're spiritual. You can't fix spiritual problems with natural solutions. Let me say that again. You can't fix spiritual problems with natural solutions. The reason why so many of us struggle with baggage is literally because we are trying to fix a spiritual problem with a natural solution. Has nothing to do with another self-help book. They are good. I do have them. Has nothing to do with medication. We try to fix a natural problem, a natural solution to a spiritual problem. 2 Corinthians 10 goes on to say in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are are not carnal, in other words, they're not earthly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Mighty in God for pulling the baggage that is in you off you. The Greek word for stronghold, for stronghold is akoroma, which means a fortress or a prison. And for so many of us in this room, our baggage has made us feel like we live in a prison. Our baggage has made us live and we feel like this, uh, we're, we're in a prison of who we are, a, a prison of insecurity, a, a prison of I'm not good enough, a, a prison of pain spiritually, a, a, pris, a prison of disappointment, a, a prison, a, a prison of a fortress. And I hope this next statement, uh, I hope what I say next helps you or allows you to pull down the prison walls that baggage may have created in your life. Because it's my hope today that you leave this place free. But you leave this place free. And Chris Hodges, one of my favourite communicators, a senior pastor of Church of the Highlands in America, he says this, he says, your baggage is not based on reality, it's based on a lie. It's not based on reality, it's based on a lie. And so if the problem is a lie, then we need the truth. If the problem is a lie, then we need the truth. John 8 verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Free. And in closing, let me give you three simple truths that I pray will help set us free of our prison of baggage this morning. Number one is this. Just simple truths. God loves you. God loves you. Don't know your background, don't know your family, don't know what your view of God is, but you understand this, God loves you. Regardless of our imperfections, regardless of our actions, regardless of our thoughts, God still loves you. Saw what you did last week, saw what you did yesterday, God still loves you. You know, I've been married 27 years this year to my beautiful wife, Shara, high school sweethearts. I wasn't exactly the most budding roses when I was in high school. A little bit chubby. It's all muscle now. <laughs> Just on holidays at the moment. 
struggled with teenage acne and was on Rakutane for 12 months of my life and just really insecure and Shez was kind of like the pin-up girl of our grade and man, she was, you know, the brown, the Gold Coast girl and man, as soon as I, and as soon as I saw her, what makes matters worse, as soon as I saw her, God literally told me, that is the woman you're going to marry. I'm like, God, are you serious? Like she's beaming with beauty. Whew. And to prove it, I even, I, the, the next day her mum was on canine and I ordered my meat pie and my chocolate breaker because that's what you do as a young boy. Two tomato sauces because one's never enough. <laughs> Who gets two butter sachets when they get like banana bread? Is it, is it, uh, us fit people. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good fat. It's like avocado. It's a good fat. Told her mum and said, oh, by the way, I'm going to marry your daughter. I was confident. I was overweight. had acne, but I was confident. She said to me, get in line. <laughs> Thus endured the pursuit of the most beautiful woman in the world. Who, let me tell you, after 27 years, I still pursue. Man, I would do some crazy things. I would miss my bus just for the opportunity to walk her to, to her bus. An extra six minutes. I would walk home for an hour and a half because of that six minutes. It was the best six minutes of my life. I didn't care what happened to me on the hour and a half, whether it was raining, whether it was hailing, whether it was 30, 38 degrees in Brisbane. That six minutes was worth every hour and a half that I walked on, that, on the way home. I would leave. I, I would be in a classroom and I would know that she's in the classroom, that, that she, her next class would be in that same classroom. And I got her, don't, not, okay, this is, get, this is borderline stalkerish now, so just, just forgive me for that. <laughs> I knew where her classes were and I knew she was in the class, next class, and so I would leave my jumper. And we'd get to my next class and I'd say, sir, it's really cold. He'd be like, Brad, it's summer. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I think I've got a touch of the flu coming on, sir, I'm freezing. I left my jumper in the last classroom. Go get it, hurry up. No worries. <laughs> Knock on the door and Mr. Long, my science teacher, what do you want? Oh, I left my jumper here, sir. Guys, come and get it. And I'd walk in there, she'd be, he'd be like, Yeah, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at you, sir. It's really freaky, hey? <laughs> I'd just be overawed by her beauty as I... Even now, I'm beginning to get emotional how much I love her, what she means to me. But can I tell you, that pales in insignificance to what, how much God loves you. Can't begin to fathom the love that God has for you. You want to break lie with the truth? God loves you. He's got a photo of you on his fridge. He wants to walk you to your bus to spend six minutes with you. He's leaving his jumper in a room at the hope that he gets to see you again. Creates a beautiful sunset. It's God telling you, I love you. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He doesn't always like what we do, but He still loves us. John 3.16 says, For this 
is how much God loves the world. He gave His only Son, His one and only Son. This is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing in Him. Only anyone can have whole and lasting life. God loves you. You want to break free of your baggage today. Understand that God loves you. Second one is this. God can set me free. I've no doubt there are people in this room and you have just accepted the fact that your life is a life lived with baggage. That's okay, Brad. Yeah, you're speaking to me. I, I get the baggage of insecurity. I get the baggage of loneliness. I get the baggage of all this. And yeah, but here's a deal. I've kind of learned how to live life with it now. And so I kind of learned to compensate things in my world and I don't do friends. I don't do commitment. I don't do goals or dreams. I don't do this and I don't do that because I've literally learned just to, I just, I just can't, I've got to avoid disappointment at all in my life. So thank you, Brad. And I hope that 99, I hope everyone here gets something out of it. But for me, Brad, I just, I put things in place and just resolve the fact that I'm going to live the rest of my life with this baggage. Great message, Brad, but I'm all good. And to that, I would tell you this, don't you dare give up your dream on being free. Don't you dare give up on being free. And I come against every lie of the enemy that right now is whispering to you. Don't you dare give up on being free. Romans 8 verse 1 to 2 in the message says, With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Anyone here ever play Stuck in the Mud? Like, remember the game Stuck in the Mud? My favourite game at school, other than Catch and Kiss. Again, overweight, you mean you, you'll take any, you take any, any opportunity to get to kiss a girl, you'll take it. So catch a kiss on my first, man, suck in the mud my second. And you, you get tagged, you sit there and you wait for someone to come under, the game I played, wait for someone to come under the legs and you're free. Let me tell you right now, God is the ultimate person to play stuck in the mud with. He is the ultimate freer of when you are stuck in the mud. And lastly, I might get the whole team up here, if that's all right. Singers, trust me, you don't want me singing, so you, know, you need to come up here. Lastly, my prayer is today you receive freedom, but lastly, God wants to bring you to your original design. You know, when we moved into our house, we bought many, many years ago, we moved in and, and we've all been there. Carpet was horrendous. Red cordial stains. I've got no idea what the previous owner did, but man, the, it's horrible. Stains everywhere, old and dingy, totally abused. And one day, one day as, uh, as, we're, as we're contemplating getting rid of this carpet, put stuff down, I, I wonder what was underneath and so I ripped up some carpets and I called Sherry in and she goes, what's going on? Quick, look at this, look at this. And I ripped up these carpets, these old dingy carpets that have been used and abused and red cordial, spaghetti, green cordial, all the kind of cordials there are, all that kind of stuff that was, it was there. And I ripped it up and underneath it were these beautiful polished floorboards. And your life over the last season may resemble that carpet because of the baggage you've lived. Stains everywhere, red cordial stains, spaghetti stains. And the original you has not been seen. But I believe God wants to tear down those strongholds to reveal your original design. 
And just as I ripped up that old dingy carpet to reveal the original design, so will God rip up that old dingy baggage and reveal your original design. So here we are, first month of 2024. I'm dressed in my virgin outfit. We're, we're, we're at the check-in, carry apart. We're, we're, we're at the crux of it. We're at the start of January. My question is, what are you carrying into 2024 that doesn't need impact? What are you carrying on the trip of 2024 that does not need to be there? Because my prayer is that you decide to check in your baggage that may have plagued you for so long and start to live the truth, knowing that God loves you, that God can set you free, and that God wants you to return you to your original design. I just want us to close our eyes right across this place. I'm actually just going to get the team just to play like this, just for just for two minutes. I just really want, in the moment right now, for us just to, I guess maybe just ask the Holy Spirit. Every, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I just believe there's some people in here, you need to do some work with God in regard to some baggage. In a moment's time, in two minutes time, I'm going to ask for those who want a relationship with Christ to lift their head. That's fine, but right now, I just believe there's some people in this place. God just, the Holy Spirit would just, before he even got up, he just said, hey, make sure you make room two minutes because there's some people that need to do some business with God in this place. Don't let the Holy Spirit move. Be respectful of it. Listen to Him. Open your ears. Open your hearts. He's here. He wants to move.